hey, uh, this morning the computers crashed, which meant we had to go through church without any words which kind of suits me because I just happen to make the songs up. But it did remind me, and, and Danielle talked about, uh, you know, before we had video projectors, we had overhead projectors. Before we had overhead projectors, we had chorus books. And before we had chorus books, we had hymn books. Okay, show your age right now. Who remembers hymn books? Okay, I think they're still out there, but I'm not sure. We haven't, I haven't had them for years. What about chorus books? Who sung from the, the brown book or the blue book? Come on, you know it, you know it, okay. Overhead projectors, give me a wave if you, you know what I'm talking about right now. That's like where we, there would be this like um, little machine that had a little mirror and a globe, and it would project the words up onto the screen, okay. And, and I, you know, I've, I've kind of done a few, because I've been around church for a long time, okay. In fact, so long, I'm going to show you my water baptism photo. Okay, it's not in a church. It's okay, and if, if don't ever complain to me about it being cold. All right, just put this shot up if we can. Uh, that's me in the Avon River in Victoria. I'm the one in the middle. See, see the guy baptizing me is wearing a jumper and overalls. That will give you a little indication of Victoria in winter. That's my dad on the left. Uh, this, this guy named Stuart Law on the right. I am wearing clothes. I know it looks a slightly sus. I'm not like covering up for the baptism photo. That would be a weird cult. That would be not cool, okay? So I'm, I'm wearing clothes, I'm in the river, and, and they're like, yeah, they're, they're, none, none of this shorts and t-shirts, it's like freezing. So I don't want to ever hear anyone complain about getting cold, okay? Uh, and so, so that's me as a, maybe an eight or nine year old getting water baptized at the end of our farm. And you, you know, people get, some people get baptized rivers. I've seen people baptized in bathtubs. I've seen people baptized, uh, I've baptized people in swimming pools, the beach, rivers, you name it. Uh, in, the, in the Bible, someone got baptized in a, like a creek or a puddle beside the, the chariot. But the reason we do it here in church is because it's part of a family celebration where we go, hey, as a church family, we want to celebrate with you your decision to follow Jesus Christ and all that's about to change for you. And that's why we do it here together. And I, love, I, I, I would like our baptism party nights to be the biggest night of church all year long. I, I'm into it. It's my favorite thing. Uh, these nights, I'm not, you're not supposed to have favorites, but it is my favorite. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, and so that's what I was talking about. Okay, overhead projector. So I've been around a long time. I, in the early days of this church, I was, I was one of the overhead projector guys uh, before that. And there's a lot of pressure on the overhead projector guy. I'm not sure if you're aware of how much pressure there is. Because in those days, you might change songs as you went along, right, Pastor Kathy? As the Spirit led, you just swap over to another song, right? And so the problem would be that they could be filed. They could have like a title. The, the song could be called, uh, you know, it could be called A New Creation. Okay, and that could be filed under M because there's a little filing cabinet beside the projector. That could, or it could be the first line, I'm a new creation. Okay, and that could be filed under I. And so the, if the song leader took it to a different song and you're the overhead projector guy, you weren't hiding up the back, you were in the front row. You were sitting down here, everybody's looking at you, there's the screen and you're nervously looking for I have decided or new creation or then if Dan Frecker was on the week before, he's pranked you and he's hidden it in the wrong spot. He's like, ah, oh, and you're like flipping, who's got this thing? And oh, everyone's staring at you and uh, no pressure at all. Okay, so I was, I was that. Uh, who, who was an overhead projector guy? Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, I know a pastor friend of mine, he talks about someone in his church was the overhead projector guy, but they were missing two fingers. 
So the, or the overhead projector flipper, because often you put it on, it would be back to front on the screen and you'd have to switch it over and there's still, and it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. I'm telling you, there's a lot of pressure. And so, but this guy, everyone would see him flipping over with his two fingers because it would be projecting onto the screen. They would, everyone's totally distracted. Was that, you got missing, oh, what's going on? So much pressure. Before that, I did have another high pressure role in the church. Do you want to know about what my, you know, some of you might have been altar boy or girl in, in the Catholic church or whatever. I was, I was prophecy guy. Okay, prophecy guy. Okay, going back in the day. We're now in the 70s and 80s, all right? 70s and 80s. There was such a couple of decades. And, prof, and what would happen after the worship, there would be a time for prophecy. Anyone in the church could just start prophesying in their seat. It's kind of freaky, all right? Okay, wasn't a lot of new people in the church I went to, so it was kind of safe. Uh, but anyway, so so I would be there in the second or third row. There would be like a, I, I would have the prophecy mic. It was like a handheld lapel. So it was like this little box and a stick all duct taped to the end with a microphone held. So it was like this this thing that went up here and there's the microphone, all right? I'm in the second row and, and it's about time to prophesy. And all of a sudden, someone from their seat would just start, thus saith the Lord. Okay, that's the job. My job is to run over to them with prophecy, duck down because you've got to be discreet, hold up the microphone so we could catch it. Now there's a lot of pressure because sometimes two people would start at the same time. And now I've got the power. I'm like, all right, who am I going to put the microphone under? Away we go. Sometimes, I mean, if you got good, you got quite good at the anticipatory prophecy moment. Like you're like, oh, there's Mr. Marsh. He often prophesies. Oh, I think he's going to go today. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And you're like, you're ready and you're watching. And then he goes, you're like, bam, and you catch the second word. You know you're doing your job when you catch the second word of the prophecy. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Now, some of you are like, can we do that again? Because I want to prophesy. And I'll go, absolutely, you can. Go to your connect group and prophesy away and encourage one another. And that will be cool. Because otherwise, it, it, just, it just ended up getting so weird. So weird. I had too many people correct the whole church via their word from God. I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Bubbling up on the inside. It's going to overflow to the house. Now, when I found that baptism photo, and I'm thinking about it, I'm going to preach. I'm, I'm sort of started. Uh, I was thinking about in the, in the days when I got water baptized or when we used to do baptisms, it was traditional. There was about three water baptism songs. Okay? There was like three, about three songs. Uh, one was, I am redeemed. So someone would get a guitar and we'd just start to sing, I am redeemed. I am ready. That, that's the song. It's just back in the day. Brendan's with me right there. Okay, that, that was one. Or, it's no longer I that liveth. Number eight in the brown book. Okay, some of you, I know this is freaking you out, but this is okay. Uh, we actually had a dance. There was, like, there, was, there was a dance. And every now and then when Dave Morris is up here, I feel like it's coming back. It was called the charismatic two-step. And so these days, everyone jumps like this. Well, back in the day, it was like this. That was how you did it. That's, every now and then, Dave Day, he does a bit of that. You see, and I'm like, it's coming back. It's coming back if you just stay around long. Here he is, Dave. Come on up here, brother. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. You know it. I can feel the anointing coming. Come on. Come, come, come on up. Come on up. And you do your dance. Just you, you do your singing and dancing. Let, just have it. 
You probably don't know any of these songs, but now come on, Dad, just give us a, I'll do like the jumping thing as if we've got a thing going and then you do your version. Come on, okay, do something faster. Just do, no pressure, Nick. It's like an overhead projector guy, but now it's you. So we're just, be, we're all jumping along, worshiping Jesus. And what do you do, Dave? Come on, put your hands together for David Morris, straight out of the 70s. That's awesome. Terrible songs. We did one song. It was called, Then Shall the Virgin Rejoice in the Dance. It was Jewish, okay? And we were, that was like, I'm, I'm, I'm no, some of us, well, I'm just going to leave that alone. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance. Come on, somebody who knows, Rod, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Rod Franco, don't you? Don't pretend you don't know. We did this other one that was called, uh, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things are passed away. I've been born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. That's what we used to sing, right? Every time there's a water baptism. And so tonight, I want to preach about being a new creation. That's, that's where we got here eventually. I want to preach about being a new creation. This is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ means born again. In Christ means I've, I've, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I've received the forgiveness that He offers for my sin, and I'm now what the Bible terms in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. Everybody say new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In Coffs Harbor, I went to a coffee shop. It was called Old John's. Old John's. And I, I, I went to that place and I thought, that, that's a representative of what I was before Christ. Old John. That's, that's my old way of living. That's my old way of doing things. That's my old way of thinking. But when you become born again, you become a new creation. You become brand new. Now to understand that, you've got to understand that we are three parts. Every human being, God's three, three in one. He made us in our image, therefore we're three in one. We are a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. And so our spirit, before we meet God, we are born this way. It's the curse on humanity. Our spirit is born cut off from God and controlled by sin. That's, that's your spirit, cut off, dead to God and controlled by sin. And so the, the good news is Jesus Christ comes along and he says, well, you don't have to be dead to God anymore, un, unable to connect with him, unable to receive his love, unable to receive his peace, unable to receive his joy, because when you're dead to him, you can't receive all that God is. You can start a relationship with him. He came and he said, you don't have to be cut off from God and you don't have to be controlled by sin. You can become a new creation. That new creation is not a new body, some of you are like, hopefully when I come out of that water, I get a brand new body. No, no, no. That's when we go to heaven, brand new body. Okay, until then, the gym and everything else, okay? But and when we get to heaven, brand new body. Uh, you don't come out of, you don't come out of uh, water baptism with a brand new soul. 
Your soul gets healed and transformed on a journey. My heart gets healed and renewed. My mind gets renewed and my thinking gets changed stage by stage, line by line. I start to make uh, different decisions with what I do and what I say. That's my soul. But my spirit is what becomes brand new. I'm dead to God, and in a moment with one prayer, I become brand new, new to God. I become Literally, the Bible says this, uh, the Holy Spirit comes, and He makes me a new creation. He makes me born again. I was physically born a human being, but in a moment of confession and believing in Christ, I am spiritually born a heavenly citizen. I receive the DNA of Christ, and in a moment, I become a son or a daughter of our Father in heaven. Father in heaven is not a saying, it's a reality because when I got born again he becomes my father and now I'm not just old John trying to be a good guy I'm new John with the DNA of Jesus Christ in me a brand new creation I'm a new creation so what does that mean three things that that means when I become a new creation the first is I'm alive to God when you become a new creation you're suddenly alive to God you were dead to God I was dead to God. I was controlled by sin, but no longer. I, I become alive to God. So many people think Christianity is where you're taking someone who's a bad person and trying to make them a good person. Take someone who, who's messed up and try and make them not messed up. I try, try and make someone, take someone who's evil and try and change them to become a better person. That's why often people go, well, I don't really need to be a Christian because I'm a pretty good person with good moral standards if I measure myself. They go, because if it's just taking a bad person to be good, I'm good. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm gooder than some of those people in church that I've met. I've got better standards than some of those people. I've, I've seen some of those people in church, and I, I, I'm not a bad person who needs to become good. I'm quite good. Or, oh, oh, I'm so bad, there's no hope for me to become good. If you only knew what I'd done, you only knew what I did, you wouldn't, it's English lessons tonight, and then you, you wouldn't think that I could be transformed. But here's the thing. Christianity is not about taking a bad person and making them good. It's taking someone who's spiritually dead to God and bringing them alive. That's a, that's a moment transaction. That's a, that's a, a, a you, when a baby is conceived, it's conceived in a moment. When you get born again, it happens in a moment. I receive Christ into my life. His word goes into my heart and I become a brand new person alive to God. Now, if you've never done that, then tonight's your night. If you've never received Christ, then tonight's your night to receive Christ and suddenly to become alive to God. When you're alive to God, oh, it all starts to make sense. Why do they wave their hands in the air in church? What's going on there? Well, when you're alive to God, your heart wants to worship. That's why you raise your hands. Oh, they're so passionate. Why are they singing to Jesus? Well, when you're alive to God, it's just, it's, of course you want to sing to Jesus. When you're alive to God, you're like, oh, I want to read that Bible. That's God talking to me. Before, I wasn't alive to God, and it wasn't making any sense to me. I'm not, because it's a spiritual book, not just a history book. If you want it to speak to you, you've got to come alive spiritually, because then you can receive it spiritually. That's what, that's what happens when we become a new creation. I'm alive to God. The second thing is this. When I'm a new creation, I'm not just alive to God. I'm no longer trapped by sin. I'm no longer trapped. I'm no longer controlled by sin. You see, before, uh, let's, let's have a look at this scripture in Titus chapter 3, verse 3. And it says this, At one time we too were foolish, 
Uh, Titus 3, verse 3. Let's go for it. I'll read it out. At one time we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of possessions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being noted, being, uh, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we've done. You can't earn getting saved, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. That's being born again and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. I love this thought at the start. It says, at one time, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved. We were enslaved. Here's how sin works. Because before you come alive to God and you become a new creation, you're dead to God. Therefore, we are actually controlled by our sinful nature. So sin works like this. It, we get enticed to do something that looks good, feels good, think that it's going to make me feel better about myself, think that it's going to help me escape from some pain I've got going on, think that it'll make me feel important, think that it'll, it'll give me a kick for a while, and it entices me. But here's the problem. It might be fun for a moment. It might be a kick for a moment. But after a while, what entices us entraps us. And suddenly, I'm entrapped by sin. Suddenly, I'm now in a downward spiral. Suddenly, and it can look, look it can be fun for a while. It can be fun for a season. Sin has its fun in its season, the Bible says. It's fun in a season. But then it traps us. And what we find is uh, it starts to affect us in so many different ways. If you've ever talked to someone who got hooked on drugs, they, they started out and it was fun and it was an escape and, and it was a party and I, I had all this energy and, I, and I, 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 I loved the person I became. I was able to be who I really was. I forgot about my pain. I escaped. And it started and it enticed you into something. It enticed them but then after a while it, it, start, it starts to entrap you and suddenly I can't feel good without it suddenly I can't function without it suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel actually I'm, I'm no longer as low as I used to be I'm lower because of what's going on suddenly I start to treat people all around me different suddenly suddenly and you see people who get on ice do all sorts of crazy things or people addicted to heroin do all sorts of crazy things it started out enticing but it ended up enslaving. It ended up depressing. It ended up with anxiety. It ended up in all this heaviness. That's, that's drugs, but sin's like that. Sin promises the world, but will ultimately take you captive. And until we become a new creation, we don't have the power in ourselves to get free from that thing that, that's enticed us. We don't have the power to get free from the, the pride. I'm telling you what, pride is the big thing. I don't need God. I'm good enough. I'll do it my way. And suddenly, that sense of independence that, that enticed me, like, oh, I'm all good. But after a while, you realize that I need God for everything. I was created to be in relationship with God. Without God, I'm disconnected. And suddenly, I'm entrapped by my pride. Suddenly, I'm pushing people away who I should be loving and enjoying. Suddenly, I'm finding that my pride's dug a hole for me, and I'm living this independent life my way. But I actually need to bow my knee to the living Savior. I need to bow the knee and say, God, you created me. You know what's best for me. I want to do it your way. I'm trapped. Or I'm trapped by lust. Lust for pleasure. 
lust for possessions, lust for power, this, this uh, enticing thing that, that spreads the lie that if you just have more pleasure, you'll be happy. If you just have more possessions, you'll be happy. If you just have more power, more influence, then you'll feel good and important and you'll be happy. But it's all a lie because what starts enticing you will end up entrapping you. It'll end up locking you up. And here's the good news about being a new creation. Being a new creation, as God says, you know what? When you get born again, no longer does sin need to control you. No longer does sin need to d- dictate your life. No longer will it be your, your, um, the, the one that you have to be a servant to or a slave to. But I come to set you free. Romans 6 verse 6 says this in the NLT. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. If I rewrote the song, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I actually, I'd say I'm no longer a slave to sin. The old life. Does it mean I still sin? Yeah, I do. Every now and then, the, the pleasure of that stuff draws me to things that I know I shouldn't do. But I'm free. It's not controlling me. I have power through Christ and the Holy Spirit to defeat that thing. Oh, I love it. Here's, here's the power of water baptism. Water baptism is saying that not your soul, not your body, but your spirit, which was de- disconnected from God and, and controlled by sin, when Jesus died on the cross and was crucified, you, when you put your faith in Him, God says, I, t- I will see that moment as the moment of the, of the death and the crucifixion of your spirit man. I'll, I'll exchange it. I'll take your sin and put it on Him and it will be before me as if you died. It will be before me as if your spirit man died and paid the price for all the sin. Jesus did that and that's the moment. And so then, so when you're buried in baptism here tonight, what's going on is we're burying the old you. Dylan, it's, it's the old you. Go on. It's like, he's dead. You're like, okay, so, so what, what, what penance do I need to do, God, for all the sins I've done up until now? And he goes, nothing. Jesus did it. You go, no, what about, you know, three years ago when I did that? He's like, what? What thing? All, when I look at you, all I see is Jesus. When I look at you, Nathan, all I see is Jesus. Spiritually made right with God. So the party is, this is kind of like a, a it's kind of like a funeral wake party. But with an upside. It's like the old you, dead with Christ. Buried, gone. It's a funeral. Goodbye, old you, who was controlled by sin and who was separated from God. But then it says, but then you're raised to life in Christ. And so goodbye, old you, hello, new you, alive in Christ, the DNA of Jesus Christ. You're not just, here's the thing, you're not just the old you trying to be a better you with self-control. You are actually a new creation. You are a brand new heavenly citizen. When people say you look different, you should say, I am different. I died and came back to life again. They're going to go, what? I'll show you the photos. Water baptism. That was me dying. That was me coming back to life. I came back to life, a new creation. The life of Jesus Christ on the inside of me. All right, that's the second thing. The first thing was, when I'm a new creation, I'm alive to God. The second is I'm no longer trapped by sin. The chains have been broken. 
Come on, baby, you're no longer held into your past. You're no longer captive to it. Some of you, when you come up out of this water baptism, you're not going to just feel so clean. You're going to feel like you've got the power to control your life back. You've got destiny back because you're no longer a slave to sin. Number three is this. Oh, I like this one. I don't have to live guilty. When you're a new creation, you don't have to live guilty. This is the great thing about God. It's quite remarkable. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Interesting thing I found when I went, we went to Israel and we looked back to where all the original manuscripts uh, were, the Dead Sea Scrolls were kept. Uh, the original manuscripts that they found, because there's two versions of this. There's no, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to their flesh, but according to the Spirit of God, okay? That's one version. But actually the original version didn't have the second part. It was like a well-meaning person read, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus and almost thought, that can't be it. I need to add some more. Those who walk in the Spirit, not according to the flesh. It's like, it's like in, in the main manuscripts, it's not there. Some manuscripts it is. The main one, it's not there. And when I, when I heard that, I thought, exactly. That's exactly right. Because you, you can have no condemnation, not because you're living a perfect life. Not because you didn't sin yesterday. Come on, who didn't sin yesterday? Exactly. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are perfect. No. For those who had a three-hour prayer time yesterday, no. For those who didn't make a mistake last night, no. There's no condemnation if what? I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. It's like, okay, does that mean I've got permission to sin? Well, if I'm in Christ Jesus and I love Him, I won't want to, but I will and I'll stuff up, but I just keep coming back to my legal standing before God. There's no, there's no condemnation. I'm righteous. I'm holy. Yeah, I stuff up. But I'm holy, not because of me, but because of Him. If the devil comes along, because that's his number one strategy to make you feel guilty about your past, you just go, oh, baptism photo. That's what, you're talking about the wrong guy. That guy died. That guy got buried. You're, you're trying to make me feel guilty for something, not even before, but even after, because that guy is dead. Before God, the Bible word is justified just as if he'd never sinned, just as if you'd never sinned. You, you, before God, holy. Now my soul, it needs a bit of work. It needs getting free. It needs making good choices. It needs, to, it needs to be controlled by my spirit. But the good news is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It goes on and says this, because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit who now lives in you as his, as his son and daughter, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You've been set free from the power of what used to control you before you met Christ. Now you're set free to live God's way and it's the best news. Come on, it's the best news. In Jesus' name. So it's burial time. Come on, it's burial time. And we, we won't hold you under too long. Just long, long enough to go, I've identified that the old me died. And then resurrection. New life. A new creation. A brand new person. Baptism is such a powerful moment for us here tonight. Can we, get, can we close our eyes right now? We're moving into this 
powerful moment very soon for people to get water baptized. First of all, I just want to make room. If you're here tonight and you're saying, oh man, I need to get water baptized. I'm feeling it. I, I, I don't want to go another two months living this way. I Because there's a power in tonight. It's not just a ritual. There's a power in it. God, God blesses this step of obedience. And so if you're saying, that's me, I want to get water baptized, just head up the back to Teresa right now and say, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I just want to be part of that. You can head there right now if that's you or in the next few moments, just go and see her. Say, that's me. I want to get water baptized. I want to be included. I do feel like there's at least one person in that category. Maybe you're here. And here, here's the big thing. The Bible says every time one person turns from living their own way and turns to God, and says, God, I want to be forgiven and I want to come alive to you. There's a party in heaven, a massive party. Heaven rejoices. Heaven's an awesome place at the best of times, but mostly when someone says yes to God, heaven's an awesome place. And I'm thinking that tonight in this room, I'd love to give you an opportunity to, to pray a prayer that says yes to God. I want to be forgiven of my sin. I want to become a new creation. I want to be forgiven by Jesus Christ. So simple, such a simple, powerful moment. You can feel like God's a million miles away, but He's so close. He's a prayer away. He's probably organized people around your life to talk about what God's done for them, to invite you to church. He's probably been moving in your heart already by His Holy Spirit. Circumstances, things have happened that make you think, I need to get right with God. And you find yourself here tonight in a, in a church that maybe you didn't feel like, didn't expect to be in. Maybe you haven't been in church a long time. Maybe you've been coming for a little while, but you find yourself here tonight and you know in your heart that something's missing. And in a moment, I want, I want to lead you in a prayer. What I'm going to ask you to do is just simply in your seat to raise your hand in a moment if you're saying, John, I want to begin a relationship with God. I'm going to ask you simply to raise your hand and I'll, I'll say, I see your hand and you can put it down. And at the end, we're all going to pray a prayer together, inviting Christ into your heart. We're all going to do that while you're in your seat. So if you're here tonight and you're saying, yeah, I want that relationship with God. I want to come alive to Him. I want to be a new creation. Maybe you're saying, I once prayed a prayer like that before, but I've drifted away from God. And it's time for me to get back right with God. In a moment, I'd love you to raise your hand and Pray this prayer with us. It's, it's your time to get back right with God, to reconnect with Him. Maybe you're here tonight and you're just, you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. And you hope you are. But you're just not certain in your heart. You can be in a crisis right now or you can actually have most things working well for you. And in either case, you need God. You won't be fully satisfied until you receive Him. Just as Abby shared earlier, it doesn't matter how dark your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world. The way out is through Jesus Christ. So this is what I want us to do right now. Just while eyes are closed right through this place, if you're saying, John, tonight, you know what? I'd like to pray that prayer. I want, I want God to come into my life. I want to begin that relationship. Or I want to come back to God. Or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Right now, eyes are closed. Would you just raise your hand up and say, that's me. I want a relationship with God. Awesome. That's so cool. Awesome. Thank you. That's so cool down there. Up the back. So great. I see your hand. Fantastic. Who else right now? You're saying that's me as well. Can you, you want to join with these ones who have already raised their hand and say, yeah, that's me too. I want to get right with God. 
there's something missing in my life and I need a relationship with him. You know what? We, we can have this need, or this, this void in our heart, try and fill it with all these different things and not realize that it's actually, that void is because we're created for a relationship with God. No matter what we do, no matter how much we achieve, no matter how much fun we have, we just find ourselves still with that void and that emptiness. That's because you are created to have a relationship with God. Nothing else will fill it. Nothing else will satisfy. You'll discover your purpose when you come into a relationship with God. I'm going to wait for one more moment. I feel like there's at least one more person in the room tonight's your night to get right with God if that's you can you raise your hand as well and say that's me as well John would you include me in this prayer I want to get right with God I want to connect with God wherever you are just raise your hand up and I'll just say I see your hand and you can put it down and then we're going to pray this prayer together who's that person tonight's your night to take a step towards God. Do you have to have it all worked out? No, you don't. Christianity is taking a step of faith towards God and connecting with Him. And out of that, it's like, oh, you're like, oh, I couldn't change. I couldn't become a a better person. Here's the thing. You don't have to. God comes and He changes you by making you brand new. So I'm waiting just one more moment. Father, I pray right now that you'll move on hearts. Whoever that is that you're moving on their heart, you'll draw them by by your power that's you right now just raise your hand and I'm going to include you in this prayer otherwise we're going to keep moving right now thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you're moving in hearts all right phenomenal keep your eyes closed I want us all to pray this prayer together there's three people you raised your hand I want you to pray this from your heart and we're going to join with you say these words after me dear God in heaven I thank you that you love me that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. I'm sorry for living my way. I'm turning to you today to live your way. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. I thank you tonight that you forgive me, that you make me brand new, that I'm born again and a new creation. I'm going to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Lord, I pray right now for each person who raised their hand and prayed that prayer from their heart. I'm asking that the love and the peace and the presence of God would come, Lord, and and just settle, seal the decision to follow Jesus. God, help people to follow you with all their heart in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.